Hola, Tara. Uh, hola, Johnny. Me llamo Tara. Me cumpleaños es el 5 de agosto. Buenos días. Uh, hey, Tara. That, that's the only thing I know to say in Spanish. <laughs> Because I think it's important that you greet people and you tell them when your birthday is in case they want to buy you something. Like tequila. <laughs> yes, that would be that would be a lovely thing. Hi, Johnny. How are you? Hi. You know what? I'm good. And when I grow up, I want to be as shady a queen as Miss Nancy Pelosi, honey, because that girl can throw down. Let me tell you, Nancy Pelosi is is my spirit animal. She truly is. I I, I mean, uh, now <laughs> go on, yes. go on. Well, I just I just loved. Like the, I just just loved how she shaded him with truth, you know. Uh, By saying he so was morbidly anyway. obese. I will say this though: I've read several articles. He is not morbidly obese, but I don't think he's that not? was her point. Okay, he's not. Okay. He, he, statistically, he's just, he is not morbid. He's just morbid. <laughs> he's just morbid. But I will say this: as much as I applauded her, I, because. And people getting up in arms, I go, I'm sorry, turnabout is fair play. This is yeah. a man who constantly uh, says the most horrific things about people, especially women. Yeah. And I have no issue with Nancy turning around and and saying something like that. It's, it's not only that. It's his own medicine. We also just needed a good laugh this week. So yeah, seriously. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, you are you you have provided between the clap. Oh, she Lord. Did the clap. Yeah, oh, God, side, the clap. side clap. But, you know, I got to say, I do feel like he is really becoming unhinged because the other thing that I'm looking at is he won't put up Obama's portrait in the White House. I found that as many oh. things as I I. I just can't like about the man <laughs> that kind of pettiness. Yeah, uh, I don't understand what his hatred is for Obama. I mean, well, I, I, I think there's, you know, I think jealousy plays into it, and and yeah. you know, I think uh, racism plays into it. I think, I just think it's multifaceted, you know, and uh, competition. You know, I mean, he's just a nasty piece of work, that man. So. And look, I, I'm, there, there are people out there who are not huge Obama fans, and I'm fine with that. But if you historically look at what that, what Obama, which I find amusing because Trump always talks about the shit show that he had to walk into. Oh you look God. at what Obama did, right. walking in when he did, I literally thought this guy's not going to be able to do anything. And he, far and above surpassed anything I thought he was going to do. And I will also yeah. bring up this because I always like to bring this up. There was not one thing that his family did that was anything other than lovely. That family, you cannot know. talk about one thing. They were so classy and so amazingly. And, and I loved it. I think it was in Michelle's book where she was like, we couldn't. We we had to, you know, do everything correctly. And I'm like, yes. and you did. Did you watch the Michelle documentary on Netflix? I have not yet. I'm very excited to. You know, it's uh, it's wonderful. Uh, Kyle found it incredibly upsetting because anytime Why? you look, because every time you look at what we lost, right, in terms of 
who we had in the White House and the kind of world that we were shaping. And you just see that so clearly in that documentary, you know, the things that they, that she and he and, and the Bidens were, were imprinting into the American psyche was such a step in the right direction. And, and when you just look at the boomerang of where we ended up, yeah, it's depressing, you know, to, to say like, right. how did we as a country shit the bed so badly so quickly? And, you know, here we are. So, um, well, here's the beauty. I think, uh, I think things can, I always tend to look on the bright side of life, but I do. I yes. think we're going to come out of this time, hopefully a better country. I, I think there's a potential of that. You know, yeah. I do. I think there's a potential of that. Let, let's see how I am incredibly curious. I mean, the other sort of big sort of news out there is his spin to try to make, hey, I, this, this I do not understand other than the obvious reasons to suppress the vote. How voting by mail is somehow, which is, by the way, how the president votes. You know that, right? The president votes by mail. So, I did not know that. Yeah, of course he doesn't go to a booth. He votes by mail. And I, um, you know, I just, uh, we have to vote by mail this time around or, 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 or risk, you know, a resurgence of, of COVID. And I, um, you know, I, I, uh, this attempt to demonize voting by mail is just bananas to me when the majority of Americans, including Republicans, want to vote by mail. If you don't want to vote by mail, you can still go vote at your fucking post office, wherever your place is. But don't 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 take that right away from me because I want to vote by mail. You know. Anyway, uh, well, I Johnny, I, and 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 this is just what I need to say. Anybody who remember these people work for us. We voted them right. in. Yep. And I think it has to be what the majority wants. I think so too. Well, we well that didn't work with Hillary, but that's okay. Um, let's 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 bring it to something positive, which is our wonderful guest today. Oh yeah, I, I'm only sad that we're not seeing him in person because he's very handsome. Yeah, he's okay. If you no, like no, that no, kind no, of dreamy, no. yeah, uh, no. yeah, right. Unless you like like that gay, that gay, perfect looking guy that would fit into any calendar. Mm-hmm. 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 No, well, he's, gonna hear he's him not gay. He's no, not I know, gay. But if you're gay, so, you would think he's hot. <laughs> if you're straight, you would think he's hot. I don't. I okay. think if you were Helen Keller, you would think he was hot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> by the way, I'm totally following the Helen Thank Keller you. Instagram account. Thank you. But just so people know, it's the Helen Keller Instagram account. Every picture is black. There's nothing God, to it. And, to she'll, watch it. and she'll say things like, a bright sunny day today in LA or something. <laughs> <laughs> or bad hair day. Or I mean, can't decide what to wear. <laughs> you guys, you have to follow it. It is my favorite Instagram account. It is um, so wrong and yet so right. What can I tell all you? All right. So we are totally off track. Today's guest, we have the fabulous David Gentoli, who most people know from his. 3,000 years on as the star of Grimm. Um, it wasn't 3,000 years, but it felt like it. And now he's on A Million Little Things. And uh, you just, I know I always say this, but Johnny, you're going to follow him up with him because he is Can't just wait. such a great guy. All right. 
So uh, let's let's um, finish this up so we can get to Dave. Let's just get to Dave. Take a break, lady. <laughs> you take a break, buddy. Bring him on. Bring on Dave. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. And we are back, and we are joined by the fabulous David Gentoli. Hi. Oh, Tara. It's so good to be here. It's so good to have you here. And um, where are you? Where are you? Uh, where are you quarantining? I'm parked up. We were in L.A. for a while. But uh, we are right now just nested right up near the uh, the Canadian border, awaiting our my wife and my uh, directives to enter and start work. So I'm in Blaine, oh. Washington, home of the Murder Hornets. No. Yeah, this is the little part of the world of North America where they have been seen. Blaine. Wow. Yeah. So are you are you are you are you waiting to go back to work? Is that why you're there? Yeah, so my wife is playing Lois Lane on the new CW show, Superman and Lois, and we just kind right. of, you know can how you these not guys, just call, like, wait, wait, never. Stop, stop. Me. Can you not just call her your wife, the fabulous Bitsy Tullock? Thank you. The fabulous Bitsy Tullock. I, uh, uh, I just call her the spouse, the beloved spouse. <laughs> but you guys know how it is in acting. We don't really know what's going to happen. So we just kind of right. like, we have a little kid. We kind of need to be in the U.S., healthcare, schooling, stuff like that. And we mm-hmm. assume her show is going to go for a while. So we've kind of relocated up here. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. So yeah, when she insane. goes to work, she just crosses the, the border and, and goes to work and comes home back to the, the States? Correct. It's very close. 13 miles That's away. That's cool. As opposed to 1,300 miles. That's cool. I like that. That's yeah. really cool. And yeah. you shoot a million little things up there, too, correct? That is correct. We are in, we are so fortunate to both have been hired, first of all, be working right now and also be working in the same city, as I said to you, Tara. Otherwise, I think sag after would have just annulled our marriage. Just automatically. <laughs> like, sorry. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God, I love you. Um, all right. Let's let's can we can we just talk a little bit about um, how you went from getting a degree in international business and finance to becoming an actor? Yeah, it's not romantic. And I just, <laughs> there is, it's, it's, I'm, I'm straight up saying it. I had a douchey streak to me. Had, still have one. <laughs> it, it's suffocating, but still I'm 40. But uh, I was like, yeah, you know what America needs? America needs to see this, this face, this jawline. Um, <laughs> Well, I know I need, I I need a to see that. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. Hey, listen. I know what you look like. I am humble. Oh, my God. Can we stop? <laughs> Can we turn Jesus. this into a Zoom Tara, call? Please? Tara, leave, Tara leave the room. Tara, leave us alone. <laughs> Dave, what you need to know is that Johnny had talked about in the introduction about how bummed we were that we were having to do this over the phone and we couldn't have you in the studio to look at. I love that. And I, I, I want you guys to know, I, I think out of respect, the respect I feel for you, Tara, I just mm-hmm. knee jerk, like got dressed up a little bit for this phone in podcast call. Nice. I don't know why, nice. but I legit, I'm like, I'll put on a nicer shirt for her. Um, I love it. It's well, how did point. I do it? So I, I didn't, I didn't want, I hadn't of the acting world at all. I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 
my parents were supportive of whatever I did, but like no one in my family had a sense of the entertainment business, even that it existed. It just wasn't on our radar. I'm sure this is a story for a lot of people, uh, shared right. with a lot of people at least. But um, so I went to Indiana University. I'm like, Dad, what do I do? I'm like, I'm lost. He's like, well, if you don't know what you're going to do, just get a business degree. It sounds good. You can use it in life in general. So I'm like, okay. And then by the time I was about a senior, I'm like this, I know I've got to do something else, but I just completed it. Um, and at Indiana University, I started kind of dating a girl who was in the acting program there, which was a very good program. And she had to direct something for her senior year, like thesis or something. That's how I tell the story anyway. And she put me in a one act David Mamet play, which I loved and was horrible in. I'm sorry. <laughs> and it was called All Men Are Whores. I just, it has to have been bad. I didn't know what the hell Oh was. my God. But, but uh, I still don't. And I'm, I'm still working. So that's, that's <laughs> fortunate. So, so, you're in this, so you're in this play in which you yeah. suck in, apparently. And you're going, I'm so great and I love this. <laughs> I think I was thinking, uh, I was so. As people are at that age, I think, just kind of, you know, you're, you're focused on yourself, even if you're not a selfish prick, you're still just like self-centered. Yeah. Uh, and I was, mm -hmm. I couldn't even see, I don't even think I clocked people judging me in one way or another. I think I was just so myopically focused on yeah. my own, what am I going to do in this world experience of a 22-year-old kid? Right. So, yeah, I wasn't even clocking sucking. I'm just like... Let's do this. So you, enthusiastic. So you end up in LA and you you enter yeah. the entertainment industry through reality, right? Like you did Road Rules. Is that, yeah. Is that, yeah, yeah, I did. So at, during that exact same time in college, I uh, with another kind of girlfriend, I went to a bar. It's not your whore, David. You are such all a men whore. are whores. David Mamet. Yeah. I was David Mamet. <laughs> um, and. So we went to a bar and it was like a big to-do at the bar. And I'm like, yeah, oh, what's going on here? And it turned out that they were casting the real world of road rules. I'm like, well, it's, I'm here. I don't want to get into business. Let's, you know, same philosophy. The world needs this. And I circled my face. <laughs> and, and so I like auditioned and long story short, I got on to road rules. But then it was like a three year, what am I doing with my life after that? Sure. Yeah. Where I lived in Chicago, started taking some classes and yeah, whatever. And then I moved out to LA and met the beautiful and wonderful and extremely talented Tara Carcian. Oh my God. Oh, wow. All roads lead back to Tara, don't they? God. Well, road rules. Don't they? Anyway. <laughs> talk um, about whores. Can we talk about whores? I mean, Jesus. <laughs> Is Tara a whore? Um, I didn't know that. <laughs> wow. God, they we dated in the way. 80s. Yeah. Oh, that was, it was actually seventy nine. Uh, seventy nine, eighty. Shoulder pads <laughs> and a lot of hairspray. <laughs> Those were good times. Um, okay, so when did you fall? When did you find yourself falling in love with acting? Now, when did you go? I am never going to go into business. I am strictly going to stay in the entertainment industry. It was when I moved out to LA. I uh, I. I, I don't, man, you know how scary it is, guys. Like, 
you just kind of you make the choice and that is the choice there's nothing was telling me i should stay and do this it was 2005 i drove out from st louis where i was living like in my old room in my mom's house and that was i mean she's wonderful i was a depressing existence yeah. um <laughs> and just like boozing every day and i'm like ah, oh, maybe this isn't the way to live uh <laughs> But yeah, I drove out in 2005 and I just, I was in love with it. I, I, it was so fresh to me, the idea of acting. Mm-hmm. I did not grow up anywhere near it. I, so it was just so intoxicating. And all the people I met, they were so different from the people I had, even my friends in St. Louis or Indiana. Um, but they were my people. I immediately felt like this is great. Um, this is like, these people are of my spirit. <laughs> sort of um and i didn't i didn't look back i just hit the ground running nice yeah well um you you actually you landed your your first big job pretty pretty quickly right after you you got to la i mean you the word you're searching for is meteoric and i i I mean come on no it sounds like look when people look at careers and they go where did this guy come from? And then all of a sudden you're on every billboard for Grimm. That's, that is meteoric. That doesn't really happen to, it didn't no, happen to me. Yeah. Home yeah. Man, well, you know how it is. It's so much luck. It's in, well, that's what I was, that's what I walked into a lot of luck. Well, let's take a little break. And when we come back, I want to, I want to talk about your days on Grimm because I, I'm assuming that was a whole fan situation that was, new for you uh in terms of comic cons and the world that world so um let's let's uh, take a little break and come back and dive into that perfect okay lovely we'll be right back hi we're back with fabulous david gentoli um okay so mr star trek con wants to talk to you about how what you know with Grimm? Go. Well, I'm just I'm assuming Grimm must have done the Comic Con circuit, right? Yeah, it's of that world. It's the genre world. Just yeah. square in it. Yeah. So did you like year one? Like you did the pilot in the first season, and then get whisked off to San Diego and have to kind of learn what that world's about. I, what was that like for you? Well, have you ever done those Comic Cons? Oh, for- yes, sir. Many, many times. Oh, yes. Yes. So, yeah. So, you're, you're kind of, we, the pilot was first aired at Comic-Con in 2011. Holy we, shit. <laughs> we were, like, so low on the priority list for NBC that they put us on the, I think they put us on some, like, repurposed truck. <laughs> I just remember it was, I was thrilled, but some of the other seasoned actors were like, what? <laughs> is this? Can I curse? Yeah, yes. I don't know. Um, I was like, this is great. Um, <laughs> anyhow, so, the, so it aired there, and I, I was terrified. I didn't know what was going on. I just knew to bring a lot of Purell and an open mind. Yeah. And I, and I did that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh. Now, these days, it's going to be hazmat suits. But yeah, but the, back then, Purell was enough. Um, Correct. So, so then the show ran for how long? Long time. Ran for six seasons, and it was Maybe. the greatest stroke of luck in my life uh it is i got the greatest piece of memorabilia which is my spouse elizabeth tulloch i can't believe 
well, I don't know if she's going to appreciate being referred to as a, a trinket. And she's not. She's <laughs> wonderful. But I, uh, but, uh, I, you should have referred man, to her as the Hope Diamond. She, she, you should have done that, but you the, didn't. The Hope Diamond herself. Uh, I was in over my head. Uh, I was way in over my head on that show. It was, I was pretty quick into it. It was a few years into my being in LA when I booked that show and man, whew, trial by fire. I will tell you. Why? In what way? Talk about that. Yeah. I mean, geez, first of all, I, I was horribly nervous. I was listening to every bit of advice from every department head. Mm. I thought, I didn't understand that I had agency as an actor. Like, mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, I'll do what you say, end what you say, and squeeze in some of what you. It's like, you know, a, a, a camel is a horse made by committee. And right. I know that now. So I was in over my head. Also, just the stress level I was not wearing. I aged like a wartime president. <laughs> I just like an organic, an organic peach, man. But I know um, and, uh, when you. How old were you when you started that show? Years-wise? Yeah. Uh, I was 30. Earth years. Okay. Mature, so, Maturity-wise, 20, 21. Okay. Right. But you're yeah. number one on the call sheet. The show is basically yeah. yours. That's yeah. – people don't understand the pressure. It's it's right. they, they have no concept. And so yeah, I, I mean – I love that you're admitting that because most people are like, you know, it was a great experience and I really enjoyed the fans. It's, it's terrifying. And I think to, when did you finally feel like things had clicked for you? Probably season like seven? season three. <laughs> uh, it was like a soft click season three. I was terrified. Yeah. I didn't, uh, I, I told people it was like winning the lottery and being sentenced to a very minimum security prison on the very same day. Mm-hmm. And and that's not to say it wasn't one of the best experiences of my life. It was. It was also one of the most trying psychologically experiences of my life. Um, but I'm not going to, like, you can't complain. Like, what? I remember yeah. telling my sisters that we only had a five-week hiatus. And they're like, go only. Go ahead and go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. Only? Uh, yeah. Mister. So no one cares about your hardships that much you're like the luckiest person in the world and right. I was so uh you know it uh, it was it was trying for me but it I kind of grew into it I'd say season three I kind of understood that I my goal wasn't to make everybody like me and make everybody happy it was to be uh professional and right. do a good job and that really helped I, I grew a lot with that well because Learned you how have to say a- no yeah, because you have all the acting piece of it that's, like, massive when you're number one on the call sheet. It means you have a lot more volume to learn and do. But then you also have, like, people – like, you, you're the one that sells the show in interviews, and you're the face of the show. And so there must be a weird – like, I've never had that pressure. Like, that, that's an added, like – almost like being an elected official in a way, right? Yeah, and I'm kind of, like – I'm like cheesy, like a politician and we can, we can segue into that at some point. Like I, I kind of naturally like doing that kind of the I'm a company man and I like to sell it. The hard thing mm-hmm. for me was probably the workload. We were a nighttime show. So we shot at night a lot. And then, oh, God. Like, hey, David, could you do a 5 a.m. press junket? Oh. And I'd be like, sure. Wow. I didn't think to be like, Hey, I need an, I need a, a single REM cycle before right. Monday. Uh, and um, again, 
Another thing that people don't understand is there is nothing worse than night shoots. It is so hard, and it is so hard on the system, and it is just, you, it's it's unbelievably difficult. So bravo, sir. That's all I'm saying. Thank Go you. I remember, I remember I had a, a friend of mine visiting from St. Louis, and he's like, why, are you, why do you have, like, like, infomercial blue blockers, sunglasses in your car? I'm like, oh, these are just what I wear on the way home in the morning. Or like the sure. sun doesn't wake me up as I'm going home mm-hmm. to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that sounds that sounds miserable. Well, yeah, it's fun though. So you would yeah. wrap in the morning and like, because I I did a movie for three months. It was all night shoots, and um, you know, we'd wrap at 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 dawn, and uh, I guess I would 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 you go straight to sleep and then like get up and have yeah. a day? Well, we didn't. Cuckoo. You probably had it tougher because we would work. It would be like Friday would go till. Often till like the break of dawn, and then Monday we would get back on normal people schedule. So I didn't have to maintain right that constantly. I'd have to kind of turn it around right as the week would go. Wow! But again, truly one of the luckiest people in the world. It's just kind right. Of, you probably you probably miss it terribly now, right? <laughs> That's what happens. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I like the ensemble piece that I'm on right now, frankly. Uh. I, I, I bet the ensemble, the ensemble schedule is probably much nicer. There's a bunch of 40-year-old uh, types, 50-year-old types talking to each other about life. Right. I'll do that. I'll do that all day. No oh, monsters. The kitchen. Yep. Yeah. Um, no, <laughs> I'm not, not in ask, front of the camera. I, I'm going to ask, uh, when did you fall in love with Bitsy? So funny, man. Like, I did not. I thought she was so my opposite which we are, which is, I think, part of the uh, the appeal, honestly. Um, it was a slow burn for me. I was avoiding any of that at all. I did not want to even dip my toe into, like, romance within the show, and I was terrified right. of it. But guess what? Still started doing it and still, like, wouldn't commit. I'm like, we're not really, we're really not together. Like, I'm just, we're just kind of hanging out. She's like, what are you doing, Matt? Like, we are a, a lot more than hanging out. Um, so it was season three is when um, I'd gotten out of a relationship in season one and then just kind of, like, hung out up there for a little while. And then... You know, know what that means. That means you were, being, you were being a man whore. Go on. All men are whores. David mm-hmm. Mamet. By David Mamet. One act. Um, yeah. We should reprise that. I should reprise that role. Well, I'm, um, I've already I'm I'm on the phone to David Mamet's people as we speak. Come on. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so season three, we started kind of falling in love, and it it was really wonderful that I got to know her. I don't think we would have fallen in love had we not. Well, you know what it is. It's like she's not my quote unquote type personality wise, but you know what mm-hmm. really people's types are people who are charming and close to in proximity. I was sucked into her. Field and I had I was powerless against her. It was wonderful. It's <laughs> the greatest thing. It's the best relationship I've ever been in. Thank God because we're married. Right. Thank God. <laughs> and but the fact yeah. that you guys work together and and that was that at all difficult? Yes, it was stressful. I mean, yeah, right. she was very professional, but it was. I just felt all of the eyes on us. Like, oh God, these people are going to screw it all up for us. Because, you know, there have been horror stories. <laughs> yeah. We luckily did not have that. So it, uh, I wow. was, we, we definitely put a uh, lot of 
effort into keeping it incredibly professional. Probably overdid it a little bit, but um, yeah, I was totally stressed about. And that. were you shooting Luck. up? Because if it uh, goes wrong, it goes very wrong. And yeah, were you guys exactly. shooting up in in Canada, or were you up in we were, were in, you up in, in, in California, in Canada, which is Portland? Oh, okay. So oh. you were you weren't like you were. That's the other thing about like shows and falling in love and meeting people. You're you're kind of like little silos, right? Your little acting company. Because you're not in your exactly. hometown, and yeah, you're sort of bonding with each other. So it, it's a, it's you're a good, it's good fertile ride. ground, fertile ground. For oh love. man, speaking uh, of fertile, I'm so lucky. Oh yeah, Did talk. We have a little kid together. You guys right. have, a, and how old is she now? So Vivian is 15 months old, and oh, it's wow, so fun. I have to say. Well, did you did you want wait. kids? It's like I didn't I didn't want any kids and then I met Bitsy and I'm like, you know what, let's do one thousand children. <laughs> I could do I could do that with you. Um uh, I I love that. Let's let's take a little break and come back and talk about uh your family and about what it's like to live so close to Canada, the whole politics of the two different countries. I'm curious to know what it's like to work in Canada right now as an American. Um yeah. And um, we'll, we'll touch base on all those things. So we'll take a little break and be right back. And we're back with the very handsome David Gentoli. Oh, hello. God. Here we go. Jesus. You're too damn kind, my friend. You're too damn kind. Well, I only know that you're looking at, at your IMDb because you're not in the room with us. So I'm imagining. Um, so you, you guys work in Canada but live in the States. How, what, 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 what are Canadians thinking about America right now? <laughs> so funny. It is really uh, invaluable to have a perspective on American politics that is t- completely separate from the kind of partisan team yes. psychology mm-hmm. that ultimately mm-hmm. we all must fall into in America. Mm-hmm. We do. I think I'm above it. I'm absolutely not. Right. Um, so what, what do they think? Uh, what the hell yeah. is going on down there? Yeah. Do they roll their eyes when they meet Americans? Are they like you guys? <laughs> uh, I think, I think they're just kind of, it's interesting. They, first of all, they, they, I, I think have to, in a way, be a little more aware of what's going on in America. Yeah. Um, compared with what we have to know about what's going on in Canada, just because, as they say, if America sneezes, they catch a fever. Right. Um, so they, I find them to be incredibly learned and up to date about American politics. Um, they, I was surprised. I had some, a driver was like telling me more about the Democratic candidates back when they were uh, doing the primary run than I knew. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of them are confused about what's going on. Mm. Well, so are mm. we. <laughs> yeah. No, it's boggling. It is, it is. We are all in it and it is, I hope we'll have perspective soon as to like what yeah. environment we just came out of. It's very well, it just seems, well, it seems to be getting more Twilight zone by the day, certainly with the pandemic. Um, and, and uh, it, it's just, it's all a little, uh, 
you know, bananas. Um, the town you live in, uh, in the yeah. border, is it is that yeah. like a conservative town or is it like more liberal? But what it's is it? funny? We just looked it up. It's uh, it's where I live, light blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of like my neighborhood, probably light red. I'm seeing oh, wow. some Trump Trump flags up here, and you know, it's just kind of when it gets a little more, at, you know, same rules. Where more yeah. people congregate, the bluer it right. gets, right. for whatever reasons. Um, but no, I mean Washington is like so blue, you can't even right. believe it. But uh, yeah, yeah, so it's it's fairly blue where I am. Right. Do you um, has uh, uh, certainly? I think as we all get older, are uh, we we I think tend to take politics a little bit more seriously. And do you yes. find that since becoming a dad, that that's changed you at all? That there are certain things that you are just like, I don't want Vivian raised in. In I mean, did that happen for you? Um, my wife and I, especially my wife, are fairly outspoken politically as, as it is, um, annoyingly, I think, to much of my family. And we mm-hmm. have, my family and I have different politics, at least my parents and I do. Um, but we respect each other and all of that. Um, I think the thing with Vivian, I th- the one thing to answer your question, Tara, would be, the idea of like the guns, the schools, the guns, of mm. course, it's visceral and it's hard. Now, when I even look at the Sandy Hook stuff, I I, I can't imagine yeah. what these poor people yeah. had to go through. I don't know how you stand there and, and go on after that. Yeah, it's untenable, really. Um, yeah. Uh, ironically, guess, guess where there are, there haven't been any school shootings in the last two months because there hasn't been school. I mean, it's... The, hey, this, that's all it took. Yeah, well, Seriously. I mean, it's just crazy. No more crowds. No more crowds. Like, you know, the air is cleaner. There's, you know, Tulsans in Venice. I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing that's happening in the planet right now in terms of, of uh, I think, people being, us being put in our place, right? In terms of uh, what a threat we are to each other and to the planet. Um, so, Be yeah. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mother I Nature is just giving us a little wedgie. Mm-hmm. You like this? You like this? Mm-hmm. Kid? You like that, huh? Do you like it? Seriously. Do you like dying? Do you like dying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's amazing is when I was when I was growing up in Los Angeles. You guys won't know because John, you didn't live here, and no, right. neither one of you. And David, you're too young. But when I was growing up here, we used to actually they would have us stay home from school because the the smog was so bad. So much yeah. like a snow day, we would stay home because oh of fog, God. and you couldn't wow. go outside and play. So, you know, whenever people talk about the smog in LA, I'm like, you guys have no idea how much better it is. But now, the other day, I was outside, I was walking, and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is the first time that, uh, you know, LA is is seeing such. It, it's it's amazing, and I think that's the moment where I go. This this pandemic, as horrific as it is, there have been some really amazing things that have come from it. You know, yeah. And if it's and if it's as silly as yes, schools out, so there are no school shootings. I go bravo. I'll take it. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, yeah. And I hope It's like that... 1938 out there again. It's just uh-huh. less traffic, less smog. Yeah. It was that more smoggy back then. The 40s and 50s were bad. Tara, you grew up yeah. in the... I was in, in the, the 20, 1927 I'm talking about, Dave. 1927, of course. Yeah. You were beautiful in the talk without the talkies, and then they'd really yeah, be in the I, they really Yeah, well, I can't even talk about that. But I look really, really pulled together for my age. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, I, I, also, I also think on this topic that, you know, we as a society have grown soft, right? Like, we in America have access to whatever we want pretty much whenever we want it, right? It, you know, there's food and a lot of things that other countries don't have, or certainly countries during a war don't have. And I think like the generation growing up, especially like someone in their that's 10 or 12 or 13 right now, is going to learn a little bit about what it is to not have everything you want when you want it. Like bread flour, which I need to make my bread is not available right now. So, but I'm, I'm going to ship it know. down from Blaine because we have a glut. Yeah, bread flour. I, I'll take you up on that. Um, I believe but, Blaine, Washington is is the birthplace of bread flour. Am I? Well, there you go. <laughs> you are not incorrect. You're not incorrect. <laughs> Never incorrect. Don't um, tell her that. Don't tell her that. Um, no, he already did. Uh, no, I I I think that. Uh, I'm I'm very hopeful that I, I've I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but a friend of mine said to me, "How will you be different after this?" And it's my favorite question because, and so Dave, I'm asking you, how will you be different after this? Well, to your guys' point, I, it really is. We, in a lot of ways, um, we are living in the best time of, of human history, and I think that um, things that are less important get moved up the list as as a lot of the major concerns like being killed constantly or, or disease right. as those are, we vanquish them. Uh, smaller concerns become bigger concerns. So this, if that makes any sense, this pandemic definitely reshuffles that, that, that deck again. And now you see, you know, what really is important. Um, yeah. You're right. It is important to feel want again. Um, community. Oh my God, the amount of people who walk now and just mm-hmm. wave, mm-hmm. make eye contact. This beautiful idea that I think a little surgical mask represents is this idea of community. Because that surgical mask is not helping me; it's helping you. That's um, right. And and you in particular, actually. Um, oh, were you talking but, to me or Johnny? Johnny, in this case. <laughs> oh, you don't. Yeah, I don't, yeah could, you, Dave, could you come over and wear a mask? That, that would be great. That would make my day. Yes. I will wear a mask of your face. <laughs> okay, great. Oh, my oh, wow. God. That's getting very weird. What is happening? There's too much ego. <laughs> what, what is happening? <laughs> too much ego happening. Oh, my um, God. But, yeah, I think, I, think it's, um, I think I'll be much more grateful for proximity to my friends i don't think i've never gone without for so long and um and i'll remember the benefits of just neighborhoods and communities and and how tight we feel right now yeah i agree well this has been great i really appreciate you getting on the phone with us um and uh sharing your story 
Guys, the pleasure is mine. I'm so happy to have joined. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Davey, I you, you our our loss is is Vancouver's gain when you go back to work. And please take care of that beautiful family of yours. And uh, um, you know, um, next time you're in Los Angeles and it's not smoggy and we can hug, find me, will you? You need. I want you to spend more time with Bitsy. Just I have tricked her into thinking that like I deserve her. So do not tell any old stories that will kind of break that facade. <laughs> oh, bl- oh, it's buddy, all a don't... big trick. I yeah. know, sweetie. I know. Why do you think that I've kept my distance from her? Because my my instinct <laughs> is to say, Bitsy, you're better than this. Run. Your absence is or a forever giving gift. <laughs> so thank you. I love you, David Gentoli. Take care of yourself, and thank you for doing this. And um, hopefully, I will see you in person soon. Thank you, guys, so much. Nice, Take care. nice to meet you, buddy. Bye. You too, pal. And we're back, <laughs> Tara. Don't tell what? Kyle, but I think I have a new boyfriend. Well, sweetie, I there was definitely there was chemistry between there you was and definitely and some me. chemistry there. I know yeah, there I know the fun. wife's I know the wife's in the picture and all, but whatever. Uh, he really is he really is adorable. I really liked him a lot. Yeah, he's just he's wonderful and and I didn't want to I, I I remember being in acting class with him and I will tell you something. My initial instinct was to kind of roll my eyes. Oh look, pretty boy. Mm-hmm. He grew so much as an actor, and I just, there is an honesty and a, a kindness to him, and he's yeah. just a good person, and I'm so glad that you got to meet, and I'm sorry that it wasn't in the studio. I know. We'll have to have him. We'll have to have him in. I, I want to correct something that was brought to my attention. That I said all presidents vote by mail. My reference really was meant directed at President Trump, who voted by mail in the Florida primary. So this idea that voting by mail is somehow unpatriotic is total bullshit. So there I said it. Um, and thank you, you for correcting yourself. It takes a very big man to do that, even though you were Well, it takes wrong. a village. To, to, it takes a village to tell you you were wrong. But, but I, I do think voting by mail is going to be in the future in the same way that I think working from home is going to be a new norm for people. And do you? make... I do. I think I, I think only because a lot of people have gone, wait a minute, I, I'm super productive at home and mm-hmm. I don't have to wait, you know, two hours in traffic in either direction. And I don't think it'll be all working at home, but I think people that have tasted the fruit of that tree are going to be like, hmm, I'll just work from home. I mean, I've been working from home on day jobs for a very long time and I'm incredibly productive at home. So, um, I do think voting by mail is going to become a norm. And, um, you know, I like going in and voting in person myself. I love the ritual. But I, do too. Um, I, but I love the freedom now to be able to have my vote be counted and be able to be safe. So um, we got to make that happen for November and uh, make sure. Well, that it is we happening in California. Am I, am I wrong about no, that? No, it is. It okay. is. But it's got to it's gotta happen in the swing state because. Right. We all know California is voting for Biden, so they, that's not really going to matter as much. Um, so they've just offended some of Orange County, who's not voting. <laughs> and I actually think it's kind of a moot point. And one of the things I read a few months ago, the states that are like the swing states apparently have a robust 
vote by mail system already in place. So I, I think the bitching and complaining is going to fall on deaf ears, I hope. Well, um, I've never I've never voted by mail, and I have to be honest with you, last time I went, I went, oh, I should have voted by mail because it was just at a time when things were very busy, and, and not that I would not go and vote, but right I, now I'm actually looking forward to it. I, I go, oh, that will, but yeah, I'll miss getting a little sticker. Yeah. It comes you with your ballot. sticker? No, it comes. Okay. They, oh, it they does? Send you one. Yeah, they send you one. Yeah. Yep. I like that. All right, then I, fuck it, I don't need to go to the goddamn elementary school. <laughs> Catch some disease. Oh. Um all right, sweetie. Um, I love you. I love you. I love friend. you. And I loved our episode. I, I'm very excited. And I can't wait to um, talk to you next week. But I want to mention before you say what you always say mm-hmm. that um, please go on and rate, review, and subscribe. Rate, yeah. review, and subscribe. Rate, review, rate, and subscribe. Rate, review, and subscribe. We need that. Uh, because, um, we need to know you love us as much as we love you. Oh, that's beautiful. And Johnny, is there anything you want to say to me? Tara, see you next Tuesday. That was a serious one. I look forward to it. Love you, Johnny. Love you, baby. Bye. Bye.